Welcome to episode 10 of the In the Name of Service podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Barb Thompson. Here we broadcast stories of everyday men and women who've answered a call to serve in hopes of inspiring and catalyzing the rest of us to follow suit in our own way. Today's interview is with Michelle Lang. Michelle is a military spouse, mother of three, and founder of Veteran Help Point, a nonprofit building a fluid and intuitive database for veterans and their families who need resources but don't know where or how to find them. In today's conversation, Michelle takes us through her own story, highlighting some of the painful experiences that fueled her fire to support others today. Specifically, Michelle speaks about the difficulties she and her husband faced during his military service, as well as during a break in his service, how frustrating and hopeless it can be in the role of a military spouse, and how she had to first humble herself, let go of pride and ego, and get help before she could be of help to her husband. If you've ever been discouraged by trying to support someone when you have no idea what's going on in their head, or have been confused by sudden avalanches of emotion, as Michelle describes, this episode is for you. It can be difficult being a military spouse for several reasons, like unknown future assignments and deployments, difficulties getting plugged into new friend circles, finding work that is meaningful to you, or raising kids by yourself while your spouse is training or deployed. Michelle has dealt with all of these things and more, yet she says today that the military has actually made her family stronger that her marriage gets stronger as they go through all of the challenges they face together. Michelle is selfless, strong, and stubborn. Her husband, Chris, may be the one in the military, but Michelle is a fighter. I hope this conversation encourages you today that no matter what battle you're facing, there are people who want to come alongside and fight with you. For more information on Veteran Help Point and specific volunteer opportunities available, like resource discovery, database management, social media management, or marketing and branding, or to reach out to Michelle directly, please take a look at the show notes. Thank you for listening. Okay, Michelle, thank you so much for being here with me today on the In the Name of Service podcast. Start us off by telling us your background and your story. Sure. Well, my name is Michelle Lang. I have been a military spouse for about, I think, seven years now. I, I've already <laughs> lost track of anniversaries. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I like, um, Military marriages, I think, are like dog years. So it's totally. like seven years for everyone. Um, so I think we're coming up on seven years. But yeah, I have a bachelor's of science in sports management with exercise science. And I didn't use that I, for maybe more than a couple months whenever I graduated college before I uh, hit the road to move in with my boyfriend at the time, my now husband. And I always kind of felt like I had a lot to give and I felt like my talents were being wasted. And then, you know, like a lot of military spouses just kind of mm, couldn't find my work. And to me, work is meaning because um, I've been working since I was 14. So I'm a, I'm a worker. 
Um, and <laughs> all of that led me to here where I am now. And maybe I, I shouldn't say that I'm a worker because now I work a little bit too hard, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what initially, so you and your husband were dating then. Was he already in the military or what led you guys into that military life initially? Yeah, so he is from the town that I went to college in. So um, that would be like me. We say I married a townie and that's like something <laughs> that you don't want to do. But I married a townie. And so he was home for block leave and I met him in a really seedy bar. One of two in the town. Lovely. <laughs> um, and yeah, and we kind of just like did everything together for those two weeks and then just dated long distance. And then I decided um, at the time I was working at our local hospital as a community health and wellness coordinator. I quit that job and um, I was living in Pennsylvania and I moved up to, to New York with him. He was at Fort Drum. Okay. What stands out? I mean, you, you've been on this journey for at least seven years that we know of. What stands out as mm -hmm. having been the most meaningful experience so far in, in you and your husband's journey through this military service? You know, I don't know if it's just one experience, but it's it's the getting stronger as we go through the different challenges that we have to face. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever we were in the beginning of our marriage i was i was 24 um 24 25 and he's four years older than me so we are both you know younger a little bit less mature i was always an independent person but i found myself alone without a support system so i relied on him heavily and mm -hmm. whenever he would go away for schools or training or whatever you know, I could handle myself, but I really wasn't secure with myself. Yeah. And the more we go through those trainings and those schools, and now, you know, here we are with three kids, and I'm navigating him going to school while I'm home with three kids. Seven years ago, I would have never been able to imagine that. But every right. time we have to go through one of these hurdles, we make it an effort to check in with each other more, to... Um, try and see what needs uh, need to be met with each other, um, even from a distance, and then come back together. So we've done a really, really great job progressing in our relationship. And that's because we've had to work really, really hard to do that these past couple of years. So really, it's just the military lifestyle, I think, mm -hmm. um, that has made our marriage so strong. Right. Yeah. And isn't that interesting, Michelle, because some people right now, maybe even listening to you right now, are thinking about it in the opposite direction, you know, and thinking the military is killing my family. So it's so encouraging to hear your story behind that. Well, tell us about your husband's initial transition out of the military and the history of Veteran Help Point. Sure. So in 2019, <clears throat> um, we were down at Fort Benning and he was going through a uh, captain's career course. And at that point he, he was infantry. He wanted to switch out of infantry. It wasn't mm -hmm. happening. Um, and the options were either take at that time, it was 
um, us two and our son, who was a couple months old, it was either take us out to Fort Irwin, California, in the middle of the desert. Wow. Um, and we wanted to start our family. Like, we wanted to have a kid. But, you know, I really wouldn't see him for three years during that time, as he would be a company commander. Um, I would rarely see him. That's just not how we would want to raise a family. Um, mm -hmm. We had very intentional ideas of how we wanted to raise our children. And he knew he would be very, very miserable and make me very miserable. So he chose to leave the military and walk away. Um, that was really, really difficult for him because he he had dedicated his life to the army. That's all he ever wanted to do. He just wanted to serve. Um, so for him to make that choice, that was already, you know, kind of like a chip on his shoulder. But he had about, I think, like three months, three or four months to kind of transition out. And I mean, looking back now, I recommend people start thinking about their transition a year and a half, a year out. Um, so he had a very little amount of time to do it, but he did everything that he thought he was supposed to do as far as going through TAPS, um, having a plan A, B, and C. You know, he even got a CDL license because he's like, if I can't get a job, at least I can drive truck, you know, and take care of my family. Yeah. Um, he ended up getting a job back in Pennsylvania, and that's great. That's where we're both from. So I thought, oh, cool. You know, we'll both have support systems finally. We've never had that. Um, and whenever we got to Pennsylvania, it was just like an avalanche of emotion, really. Um, mm. It happened so quickly. It happened just, and I can remember the weekend, it just like happened. Um, I had just found out that I was pregnant with our second son. And at that point already, he and I weren't speaking to each other. Um, wow. And I remember being so terrified to even tell him that I was pregnant mm. because the outlook of life at that point was just the most unfamiliar territory I've ever been in. You know, like with the military, you always think, whatever, we'll figure it out. Like, you yeah. just roll with it. You just figure right. it out because no one knows what they're doing. Who knows what the military, who knows when the army is going to say they're going to cancel your orders, whatever. Yeah. You just go with it. You can figure it out. You um, get so used did not know to, how to figure yeah. this out. Right. What do you think yeah. was different about it, Michelle? He was like a fish out of water. He had never spent time being a civilian. He never spent time thinking about what that would look like, what that would feel like. Now we're in a town that's not a military town. Yeah. Um, there's no one around us to relate to. There's no familiarity uh, for me, I adjusted better because I'm not in that world. You know, right. military spouses are always one foot in and one foot out. Mm -hmm. um, so I I could adjust and I had no idea what was going through his mind. It's just all of a sudden he just had, it was like he was just stripped of his honor, his service, everything. And he felt, you know, clueless and embarrassed and grieving his service right um and those are all things that i didn't understand i didn't understand it at all and it caused a really really big strain on our marriage you know i tried to find the resources that he needed and i couldn't find the resources that he needed mm -hmm. um 
it wasn't just a simple Google search, even though we lived in a pretty big city outside of Philadelphia. And not only that, but the VA had denied him care. And so that was kind of like a real kick in the gut to him because he's like, well, what else am I supposed to do? Right. You know, whenever you go through the system and you're told, go to the VA, they'll help you. And then, and they say, no, sorry, you can't be helped. It, it totally shuts you down, shuts you down, shuts your mind down. It's not something you prepared for. It's not like going through, you know, a school where you know you're going to finish it in two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Um, this is your life. Right. And it was scary. And it brought us to the lowest point in our marriage. We couldn't get along. We couldn't even talk to each other as roommates. You know, I was pretty sure we were going to get a divorce or, you know, I was going to come home one day and he was going to be, you know, dead in our in our house. And that's what I had to figure out how to work through in our life. Um, And that's not a point where where I want anybody else to have to go through that. So that's that's kind of why, you know, I'm here. What was the turning point for you, Michelle? I put myself in therapy because I knew that the only thing that I could change was myself. Mm. Um, You cannot help somebody else. Really, you can't. They have to want to be helped. I was not the person that could help him because we were not seeing even the same side of an issue. I mean, it was just, we were in totally different books, not even in the same chapter. You know what I mean? So I had to help myself and I had to figure out how I can be what I needed to be for myself and for my son and what he needed for me to be. Because it really, I'm a very independent person, a very stubborn person. Um, my stubbornness is what got us here because I, I didn't give up. I think <laughs> Absolutely. For a, really for a lot of people, I, I said, you know, God made me stubborn and that's why I'm here because I had to fight like hell to get, to get to where we are and to save our marriage and to save him. And, um, it, not everybody is that, that stubborn. Right. It's <laughs> but, so um, true. Yeah. So tell us, so, tell us about the change then. You decide, no, I'm not giving up. And not only am I not giving up on this, but this is a gap that I want to try to fill so that no one else falls in this hole. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I had to humble myself in a lot of ways. So mm. whenever you're in that type of situation, you really have to um, let go of pride and let go of ego. And what I had to say to myself was how can I be a better person to to meet Chris where he's at Mm -hmm. so what do I need to do to meet him and that was really humbling for me and whenever I did that then then we started to come together and we came together in therapy then taking a step further when I let go of pride and started talking to other people they opened up to me that they shared some of the sh- same struggles too of finding resources and just not knowing how to navigate the outside right. and that at that time was something that wasn't talked about and i'm just like okay i need to be a bit of a brave voice right now and and allow people to have these conversations with me 
and talk freely, you know, it was just like a small social media platform, Instagram, but you know, I'm telling people like, Hey, I'm struggling. I struggled. And a lot of people related to that. Mm. And I, I got a lot of messages, um, you know, from people saying like, you know, I feel the same way. I felt the same way. And I thought this has to change. We've got to, we've got to do better. So how did you begin to build what you thought could fill that gap? So when my husband, um, he ended up getting back into the army reserve full time. So after, <laughs> he's after like, I'm going home. We went through, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he decided civilian life was not for him after all of that. And it landed us down here at Fort Bragg. So whenever we, we got down here and he was deployed for about a year. Finally, after we, we mended our, our fence there, we, he got deployed for a year and I had a lot of time to think. That's a lot of time mm. to think. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long deployment. Um, and yeah, it, it was super long during COVID too. And it was just like, everything was up in the air. So I thought there has to be like a database that's easier to use that right. can be living, breathing, changing, evolving Mm-hmm. as these nonprofits and businesses do mm-hmm. so people can get in touch with with one another and the help that they need because i'm from a really really rural area in pennsylvania so mm-hmm. even if somebody wanted help like you're going to harrisburg or and that's two hours away or you're going to west virginia virginia maryland like you're driving wherever you're going you're going over a mountain so even if you wanted to get help, how are you going to get help? How are you going to even know what's out there? Because thinking about making that journey, you better know what's on the other side of that mountain. And you better know that person's going to help you, right? Right. So yeah. we moved down here to Fort Bragg. And I was like, this is the place to do it. Because this is, you know, a military community. There's a lot of resources here. So right. we can just build it and I'll figure it out. <laughs> so that's how I, I started. I'll just figure it out as I go. Yeah. So tell us about Veteran Help Point and where you're at now and where you see it going. So Veteran Help Point is a database of local resources based on uh, 10 categories of help. And the categories are primary care, physical therapy, holistic therapy, mental health, um, financial aid and literacy, legal benefits, job assistance, housing, and fitness. Um, That's what we've limited to right now, specifically geared towards veterans. But the site itself is going to be intuitive enough where if you're a military spouse, if you're a veteran spouse, family member, caregiver, you're going to be able to navigate that site and know what you're looking for and find what you hope to find because for me, as a military spouse, I spent so much of this marriage, like, blinded to the military. I don't want to know what's going on. I don't want to learn your jargon. I don't want to learn any of that. So then whenever I got into, you know, needing to find help, I really had a hard time looking for things because yeah. I don't know what these words... It's like a different language. Right. Um, it is. I don't, I don't want it to be like that. How can you find help? A lot of the times... It's going to be somebody else that's finding the resources Mm -hmm. um, for them because, you know, people want to help. So 
we're making it very intuitive and we're starting with the southeast region right now to kind of break it up into a chunk at a time um, mm-hmm. eventually it'll be a national database and eventually it'll it'll grow from there as far as the different types of people it will help and how they can receive help whether it's through phone call um, things like that because Sometimes even navigating a database, you do need a little bit of help, no matter how intuitive it is. But sure, um, it requires constant vetting of the resources. And I mean, it really is just like a, a living document is mm-hmm. constantly being changed. Right. Um, to stay up to date. I know that so many people have have dealt with this and had to solve this problem in their own way, on their own time and on their own dime. What are some of the needs that Veteran Help Point has right now? How can people, if they want to contribute or come alongside, um, or even if they're a provider and they want it to be listed, you know, um, how can they best do that right now? Right now, we're in the middle of switching our website over. So it's we're still on the one that I built, which is not... It's not high key. It's not. It's not great. <laughs> but I have a great web developer, and she's working with me. So when when that switches over, there's going to be an easy form where if you're a provider or if you're a nonprofit, you can fill it out. Okay. Um, it'll be sent to me, and I can reach out, vet it further, and then easily list it on the database. Okay. Um, and there's also going to be a volunteer form. Um, where if you're interested in volunteering, you just fill it out and then I'll reach out to you. Awesome. What would volunteering look like, do you think? Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for volunteering in a nonprofit startup um, Mm -hmm. because it it takes a lot of work. And the, the fun thing about nonprofits is they typically have a lifespan of one year. Okay. But to be eligible for a lot of grants, you need to show that you've hung on for like two to three years. (laughs) So those three years are so crucial and it's so, it's just a grind. So as far as, you know, finding um, resources and vetting resources, the great thing I think about these opportunities is that it can all be done remotely. So yeah, you don't right. have to, you know, wake up at seven in the morning and hand out bottles of water at a 5K or whatever. You can do this work remotely from your phone. And that looks like, um, you know, hunting for resources mm-hmm. uh, per state. And I can walk walk people through how to do that and okay. a little system that I've developed. Mm-hmm. Um database management for anybody that is a uh, spreadsheet nerd yeah Um, my husband's a total spreadsheet nerd but yeah he helps me he helps me whenever he can whenever he's not wrangling the kids for me (laughs) um vetting the resources resource relations um and then of course we have you know marketing and social media and all the other fun things that go along with yes so there's the nitty gritty of it. And then, you know, there's, well, what some people would call fun. I don't, I don't call like web yeah. development fun because it's not fun for me, but I have met people that think that's fun. So absolutely. We have a lot of fun opportunities to mess up your alley. <laughs> that sounds great. All of those sound awesome. Well, in building this, Michelle, what, what does sacrifice looked like for you and your, your family as you go on this journey? I mean, typically, 
if you're going to serve in some area, you have to give up in others. It has been a very difficult challenge for me to understand how to balance being a mom, uh, being a wife, and a business owner. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of ups and downs with that, especially my kids are four, two, and six months. They're so tiny. Um, and yeah, so they, they take a lot of work right now. Um, and this is, you know, the, the crucial time where I'm shaping them and I'm molding them to be, you know, good humans. And mm-hmm. sometimes I don't put that first and I put the business first. And then I kick myself because I'm like, what am I doing? I'm getting irritated with kids that are just being kids or, you know, it's it's a very interesting dynamic. I've had to learn to give myself a lot of grace. Yeah, I've had to learn how to time. I've I've had to redefine like what time management is to me, honestly, Mm. because, you know, if you are focused on one thing for for an hour you can get it done and then you can find yourself getting two or three things done in that hour and then you can move on with your day. Like I am such a, a workaholic where if I have a to-do list that's a mile long, like I want to get it done, get it done, get it done. Right. So I've had to learn how to slow down and be present with my kids and be present with the business. And mm-hmm. then somewhere in there, find time to be present with my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you stay motivated to do this. I hear the daily struggle. I know so many of us can relate to you on that piece. Yeah, I mean there's definitely been times where it's just like I don't even know what I'm do- why I'm doing this. Like it's just Yeah. never going to get done or you know, it's very easy whenever you're starting something like this to feel totally overwhelmed and let it swallow you. Right. Um but then it's whenever I'm you know, helping because I help people one-on-one right now too. Yeah. So whenever I'm helping them and just showing people empathy Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that they haven't been shown that before, it's just the little things that keep me going and, you know, reaching out and networking with other people that are like very interested in what I'm doing and wish that they would have had this whenever they transitioned out makes me remember the struggle that I went through and what I don't want other people to go through. Yeah. Um, so it, it ebbs and flows, but it's people that help me keep going. Yeah. What would you say the uh, reward of services? What does that look like for you right now? Uh, that's a tough one because I'm very, very hard on myself. And um, <laughs> I'm one of those people where like, you know, nothing is ever good enough. If I'm doing it, it's never going to be good enough. That's, right. that's the type of person I am. And I'm working actively to shed that mindset. But it's very, it's very embedded in me. But connecting people with the right resources and eliminating some of that mental frustration and mental load for them mm-hmm. is super rewarding. Like, mm-hmm. And it's so, it's really is so simple to connect with somebody, understand what they need, understand what they've been doing. And I'm not, I'm not an expert in military transitions. I'm not an expert in housing or job assistance or anything like that. But I guarantee you, I can connect you with an expert. Yes. Um, and that's where the disconnect is. And that 
talking to somebody and just hearing the burden that's been lifted from them. Yes. Like with hope and they have been pointed in the right direction now finally is really, really encouraging. And that those are the small wins that that I like to celebrate for myself. Good. I'm glad to hear it. And I know because of how hard you are on yourself that this, while it seems really ambitious and big, and it is bigger than you, or it wouldn't be motivating, um, I know it's going to be a great thing. What advice do you have for other people who maybe feel some kind of conviction to serve or they see a gap that needs to be filled, but they do not know like where or how to get started? My recommendation... And I wish that I would have done this first is get involved with a nonprofit and see mm-hmm. how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be you'll eliminate a lot of struggles for yourself if you want to start a nonprofit because um, that, that's a whole other episode. But my suggestion is finding it doesn't even have to be a nonprofit, but I guarantee you, you can you know, find one that's hurting for volunteers. Yes. Find a nonprofit that you resonate with, you love their mission, you're passionate about it, and reach out to them because you will learn how things work. You will learn how to not do things. You'll learn how to do things and you'll learn if it's really right for you because Mm -hmm. you can walk away from a volunteer position yeah, it's a lot harder to walk away from, you know, a nonprofit that you're you're building than just, you know, not show up to a volunteer <laughs> one day. <laughs> yeah. So just get some experience. Just get out there. You don't know what kind of experience is waiting for you on the other end. And it may end up shaping and kind of pivoting you in a direction that you didn't even anticipate. As we get out, I think mm-hmm. we learn more and more when we put ourselves out there about kind of what our unique giftings are and how those might be used in the world as we build those relationships, which is really what you're saying. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. Well, Michelle, do you have anything else you'd like to add about Veteran Help Point or just any message you'd like to put out before we end this episode? We are in the process very much of growing right now and Mm -hmm. definitely need volunteers who are willing to, you know, take an hour a week, two hours a week and do whatever makes them happy. And doing that, you are going to be serving veterans. Um, We're already serving veterans and we're already helping their families. So this is a really great opportunity for you to know that you're doing something instead of just you know giving money to something and and trusting that they're doing something with it you have a direct impact Mm -hmm. doing this yeah Um, and our door is open to you (laughs) i love it i love it open doors folks all right well thank you so much for Mm -hmm. your time today michelle thank you for everything that you're doing everything you've built with veteran help point And I am so encouraged that this is going to be essentially a lifeline for people that they know, hey, if I can just get to this site or, you know, talk to someone there, then I can be directed in some kind of positive path. So I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. I loved it.